This episode of Moon Tower Business is brought to you by your local State Farm agent, Alejandra de la Torre. Alejandra's team has amazing customer service, knowledgeable staff, and super competitive pricing. They also have a very convenient location in Round Rock, located at 2200 North A.W. Grimes Boulevard, Suite 500. Alejandra's team is bilingual, and they have over 52 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. Alejandra's team is very friendly and helpful, and they always go the extra mile. They even have after-hours emergency availability. So please call Alejandra's State Farm team for all of your insurance needs, whether it's auto, home, life, or business. Their telephone number is 512-244-3311, or you can see their website at www.alexdelatorre.net. Welcome back, everybody, to the Moon Tower Business Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Obel, and today I'm speaking to Raj Venkatesan, who is the author of AI, uh, the AI Marketing Canvas. How are you, sir? Uh, doing well, Joseph. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, sir. Uh, maybe we just kick off by having you uh, introduce yourself to listeners and maybe just talk a little about your uh, professional background and things you've been involved in in the past. Excellent. Uh, so I teach uh, marketing at the Darden Business School, University of Virginia. I've uh, been a professor for about 20 years now. And uh, since 2006 at the University of Virginia, I've taught marketing analytics, marketing technology products, and digital marketing. And I uh, am the unit head for marketing there. And uh, I teach in the exec MBA and the residential programs and exec ed courses. My expertise is in digital marketing, AI, and marketing and technology interface. And that's where I've spent uh, a lot of my time doing research on how um, technology affects marketing and how marketing can better leverage technology. And this book is uh, the latest uh, iteration of that research and a culmination of all the work I have been uh, doing so far in uh, in this domain. Very interesting. So can you talk a little bit about your experience being a professor at the business school and kind of the, uh, you know, how do you interact with students and kind of what, what how do they feel about this uh, subject generally? Oh, certainly. I think, uh, so my time at Darden has been really, I mean, it's Darden is a special place mainly because we focus a lot on uh, practice as well as research. So our research is to be more uh, relevant for practice. And that really helps. That's consistent with my worldview as well. And uh, at Darden, I mean, we teach the case method, which means we are every day looking at deeply into business and uh, looking at the case studies of companies and in our classroom the student plays the role of a protagonist of the main decision maker so it's a very decision focused active class discussion and also we write a lot of case studies and that's kind of like a precursor or also training ground for writing a book like that is more practice oriented and uh, so because um, the case studies give me a lot of exposure to companies marketing leaders 
the issues that are facing uh, these leaders and the domain of marketing as such. So that gives you a nice view into how uh, companies are operating, what are their challenges, what is on their minds. And the class discussions really help me understand from like the students as such, I mean, like how they approach these problems and the variety in which they approach these problems. And really, you know, I get a lot out of my students because, you know, they are more well-versed with what is going on uh, every day as, as being part of a, the consumer group as well as, you know, in their internships or they're working as product managers in different companies. It really gives me a sense about like a good bird's eye view about the industry and the domain. And that is, I cherish that a lot because it's, I find it fortunate that as a uh, professor, it allows me this like platform or this, I'm in this place where I can uh, interact with all these different groups of people. And that allows me to get an understanding of like uh, in the industry as such. Right. And it's actually a very interesting time. Uh, to be studying marketing and advertising and things of that nature, just because of uh, all the different social media coming out right now. You know, I, I, when TikTok came out, mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people just kind of thought of it as a joke. And then it's interesting to see how a lot of professional companies, uh, entrepreneurs are going to TikTok and, and using that as a form of marketing and advertising. It's something I kind of never saw coming at the beginning. Yeah, isn't it? That's like a TikTok is a great example, really, because... Yeah, it, when it first started, it was like everybody was curious about what is this? And really their power is also in their algorithms and the ability that they have to recommend new videos based on your preferences. And that is really, uh, it's it's great. I mean, it has all the challenges in any kind of social media of privacy and whether this is something which you should be doing uh, a lot and what is the balance here? But uh, of all these algorithms and getting this, I mean, TikTok works well because it's also engages the consumer on the platform. The algorithms are a big part of it. And um, I think now, rightly so, like you said, especially during COVID and such, a lot of companies have used, like understood how consumer behavior is shifting using the social media. And like the traditional ways of looking at like predicting what a consumer would do had to be abandoned or were not helping that much, especially when there was a big shock in the system like the pandemic. But the real-time information that you were able to gather from places like TikTok and the influencers, especially for like, for example, apparels, has been really useful in terms of deciding what products consumer would want and they're working from home, right? And like right. how and what about that is going to stay? What about it is not was just a fad? Uh, those are some things I think looking at social media real time is much more informative than like the traditional data sources, really. Gotcha. Uh, question for you. So you've been a professor for a while now. Do you have you ever had situations where uh, a student graduates, goes on to work in a different type of business or or company or as an entrepreneur and they come back to you and, and share with you, you know, lessons learned and, and uh, things they learned in your class and 
uh, how they uh, applied it in uh, the business they're working on and how, how things are going. Those are like my most like fa- like one of my favorite moments in uh, my career and uh, as a profession, it, those are like the most rewarding times really. And uh, I'm really thankful for my students who come back and speak to the classes because that's really wonderful and, and it's great to hear from them. And one of the classes I teach actually called marketing technology products. I take my students for a week to San Francisco and why we spent San Francisco Bay Area. And basically, I mean, that whole week, I'm not, I'm also a student because I have like all my ex-students come in and teach the current students. And that's, I mean, I learn a lot because they're in the field and it's, it's a great experience. And it was a big inspiration also for writing this book on the AI marketing canvas, because as I was over the last 10 years as I was doing this course, I've been seeing the technology industry shift and also seeing how that is affecting marketing, right? Like one would say, we're like at the cutting edge or like the leading edge of all of these things. Right. This actually leads into my next question. And um, you know, it sounds like you do uh, quite a bit of research and, and in this topic. Uh, what, what actually inspired you to, to write this book and, and put it out there? Yeah, uh, great question. So um, when we, uh, as I was doing these, this course in San Fran and teaching marketing analytics and hearing from my students, I also, my co-author Jim Lesinski uh, had uh, guest lectured sometimes in my class and uh, he was at Google at the time and then he moved to Kellogg and he's a faculty there now. And we kept, in touch and we kept talking about how um, technology is changing, how, you know, this new thing about AI is going to really, it's not a fad, it is going to take over and there is going to be a sea shift in marketing. And as we were chatting and figuring, what we realized is that what's out there in terms of guidance for marketers uh, is not really speaking to the marketers, right? The books that are on AI and technology is not really speaking to the chief marketing officer or the marketing leaders. You have some books that are talking about, which is rightly so about like how as humans we will interact with AI and the societal implications of AI. And then there are other books that are talking about like 10 steps to email marketing optimization. And both are like, you know, they're valid, they're important for their target groups but they were not really talking to like a marketing leader or leader of a marketing function in an organization. And so that's what uh, we felt as, and then there were surveys as the surveys also that talked about how uh, the biggest challenge marketing leaders were facing with AI is they understand that AI is important. They are willing to spend on it, but they also want some guidance on what is the marketing strategy going to be when they include AI. And so that was the inspiration for us to, Uh, now go out there and look at brands that are already doing this and see if there is a real pattern that emerges as to how these brands are really using AI in their marketing strategy. And there was a pattern that we found, and that's what we captured as like the AI marketing canvas. And so you've spoken to companies that, that, I mean, I guess at the time weren't using AI uh, for marketing. uh, And I guess what kind of feedback did you did you hear from them in terms of like why they may be apprehensive or why uh, you know they just haven't gotten into it yet? 
I think we spoke to both companies who were really successful as well as uh, some companies that were uh, testing the waters at that time. And I think um, for us, and that really gets into like the first two stages, a lot of companies that were you know, off, off the canvas, like the companies who were early uh, to the, uh, who are, uh, I mean, not early, I meant to say companies who were like, you know, not really going in investing in this, where the biggest challenge we felt was the data availability and their business model right now was in a way that they were going through a channel partner or they didn't have the data around individual customers. So the main challenge with AI and marketing is the data has to be customer focused that you're looking at like, you know, uh, Joseph or Jane and like looking at their data as to how consumers, how companies interact with that single consumer. And that is really tr- good with like direct to consumer brands, DTC brands like Dollar Shave Club or like Allbirds, Warby Parker, the new age digital native companies have been direct to consumer brands. But the traditional companies were not really all DTC brands. So that's what is the first thing is to think about your business model. And if you're not ready to change the business model, think about how you could actually collect first party data from consumers. I think that was the biggest challenge we felt for firms in their like. And then there are future things about once you have the data how do you use it? What analysis do you use? And where do you apply the analysis? I think that's where like the companies that were still not are using AI, their main struggle was around the data itself and where to begin. Understood. Stepping back a little bit, maybe for just for the layperson such as myself, um, can you just kind of describe generally uh, traditional marketing versus uh, marketing using AI? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we talk about it in this book as this evolution of marketing, and that was really informative. And um, one of the things about marketing is that it has always been influenced by technology. AI is the latest in this technology that is changing marketing. And I like this quote from John Lasseter, uh, who was with Pixar, uh, about when he was, uh, he said about art inspires. Technology inspires art and art inspires technology. I think it's the same to do with marketing as well. Right? You can take art and put marketing there and I think it works. And marketing right. first began, you had like TV and we were the first ones marketers to be on TV. Right? We had the television ads and that was the technology of that time. And But we marketed to everyone. There was one Coke ad. Those are some of those classic Mad Men type ads that really captured everybody and influenced culture. And as TV expanded and cable started coming, we started doing segments. And then we did like, okay, Coke can have like five or uh, six segments, right? um, Active drinkers, uh, people who drink uh, for uh, with a meal or like people who drink like as a snack or something, right? Like you had like five or six segments. And then uh, you had the growth of... um, direct mail and the number of segments went up to 100 uh, you know and capital one and some of those companies were really good at that time with your direct mail uh, marketing with ab testing and all the skills and technology again influenced that because you were able to 
track the customers using direct mail and also um, do some good on analytics. With digital, the number of segments expanded even further with Google and paid search and Facebook coming on board. You had like, you know, uh, really started to look at thousands of segments. You had like multiple keywords that you can put on your paid search campaign and start really uh, working on like customization. I think with AI, it's an evolution of this uh, trend, of this phenomenon. But now you're looking at like a uh, millions of segments where you're really looking at each individual and personalizing marketing to that individual. So you're really looking at like uh, each individual's purpose, uh, intention for uh, engaging with your brand and how they're consuming your brand and using all of that information to really personalize your all four P's of marketing. When would you say that uh, AI kind of got involved in marketing in the business world generally? So I think it's been an evolution since like the digital marketing began with Google and Fair, like with, and then with Facebook and Amazon and Netflix. These are like some of the pioneers of this in terms of using digital data. But I think uh, Google has done some stuff in Google Images. There was a big shift in terms of like how they used AI. So the big like... Uh, paradigm shift I would say was around when Google Images started because what they were doing was looking at at a large scale using data and deep learning and neural networks to actually um, learn and about like consumer preferences and understand what somebody was looking to search for and actually use an image algorithm to collect images across the website and show it at scale to see that this is actually happening, right? Like you can use it at a B2C consumer level, this kind of uh, AI algorithms. I think before that, the famous example was Watson, and I'm using Google Images and not Watson in this case, mainly because Watson also went through the same thing about using data and not rules to create AI, which was a big shift. But Watson was a exhibition of like one Jeopardy game. I think with Google Images, you saw the launch of this with a real like consumer massive scale that this can be done. And I think from then on, the proof was in the pudding and you had different versions of like chatbots started coming. You had YouTube uh, video recommendation systems, Netflix recommendation systems, Amazon, and now with voice. So the evolution has just been rapid after that. Very interesting. Um, your book um, lays out a five-stage roadmap uh, for implementing artificial intelligence and in marketing. Uh, can you just kind of cover those just briefly? Sure. Yes. So we look at five stages. The five, uh, this was the pattern we saw as brands uh, using AI, what was the commonality in their patterns. And the first stage is foundation, which we talked about the need for collecting data. The second stage is experimentation, where you're uh, trying a different techniques and seeing where AI actually helps in your marketing. You're letting a thousand flowers bloom. And you're really looking at ROI and seeing where there is a return for your AI activities. And then you're expanding beyond that into uh, 
other activities, let's say you personalize customer acquisition, now you're trying to personalize customer retention. And transformation is you're like transforming your entire marketing to be personalized. Customer acquisition, retention, growth, and advocacy, all parts of your marketing is tra transformed. And you're also looking at like whether you're investing in building versus buying, right? Are you gonna build your own AI capability or buying? And the last step with the fifth step is uh, monetization. We are looking at, uh, which was very fascinating is a lot of these companies have been able to transform themselves with AI are also creating this AI as a service platform, like Washington Post or Starbucks or Coca-Cola. They're all creating these platforms that are building new AI as a service businesses and growth opportunities for other companies, not just them. So they're creating a new business revenue stream from being good at using AI for marketing. Gotcha. Earlier, you talked about, um, you know, larger companies and direct-to-consumer companies um, are the ones that you see primarily, I guess, uh, using AI for marketing. But um, I mean, what generally, like what size of companies can uh, utilize this type of technology? I mean, is it just for the big companies or can the small companies also utilize it? Great question. I think um, there are uh, advantages that the small companies have, which the big companies don't have. One is, um, especially with cloud services coming up, they don't have to invest too much in like, like technology is at OPEX rather than a CAPEX these days, right? Like you can keep spending monthly right, using cloud service. And Netflix was built on AWS, right? That's the more famous example, right? Um, but uh, the reason I'm saying that is because with a small company, you don't have the legacy systems, you don't have the complexity of acquisition that, and putting together multiple businesses in one platform. So you can actually create the customer first data set. Mm -hmm. And so you have an advantage there over the legacy big uh, industrial complexes because They've grown through acquisitions and it's very difficult for them to connect those acquisitions and understand the same customer, how they're uh, interacting with all those divisions, right? So I think a small business has an advantage. Of course, they have lesser data in terms of uh, activity, in terms of number of customers, but they can always use these virtual data scientists or like the neural networks that are like uh, off the shelf, and plug it in. So Google and all these Facebook and Amazon have these APIs where you can plug into an image recognition API and use those in your marketing. So I really don't think small businesses are at a disadvantage than uh, big established companies with this. Gotcha. You gave a really good example at the beginning of your book. Uh, you talked about how the Washington Post was acquired by Amazon or, or Jeff Bezos, I believe. And uh, they were kind of on the decline. They weren't doing that, that well. Uh, but when Amazon acquired them, uh, they implemented AI technology for their marketing and were able to really ramp it up. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that example you mentioned in the book? Yeah. Uh, so that's a really, uh, we love that example because it really talks about how a traditional industry, traditional company really transformed itself because of AI. And when Jeff Bezos bought Washington Post, 
uh, he did bring in a lot of expertise from AWS into the uh, company. And when we talked to Washington Post, what we heard was they did not see any AI packages that were available specifically for the publishing media industry, right? And so they set about creating this for themselves. And one of some of the things they did was uh, uh, like... Uh, they created a system that will write uh, stories that were more like, you know, standard stories like sports reporting or election news uh, data reporting. There's standard templates that can easily be used to use, can easily use technology to automate the process. And the interesting part about this was they got the journalists on board to train the machine to do this. Uh, and one would think, oh, journalists are going to resist it. I think the positioning they had was very effective was they said to the journalists, listen, these are stories that are like standard stuff, right? You, If you release your time from uh, doing this, you have more time to do more investigative, deep analysis stories. And journalists right. got on board with that and really helped AWS uh, and um, Washington Post train these algorithms and build it. And so there was the story writing, there was um, um, content moderator, there was content recommender. All of these were built on the Washington Post platform that was then packaged into a newer uh, AI as a service platform called Zeus Technologies, uh, which is now selling these services uh, to other newspapers like uh, LA Times or Chicago Tribune. Um, to improve their businesses. And so that really gives a sense of how they went through all five stages in the canvas uh, in their transformation. That's a great example. Uh, I love it. Uh, I guess, so for this book, who would you say is your target audience? Our main target audience are definitely uh, chief marketing officers uh, of uh, traditional and tech companies. Uh, but marketing is a team sport. Uh, it doesn't happen by itself. And so the secondary audience would be um, chief technology officers, chief data scientists, chief data officers, uh, COOs, CFOs, uh, because these are the main uh, divisions marketing in, uh, interacts with to deliver customer services. Gotcha. You've been getting some press on this book. I think you got an interview on Forbes. Is that right? Yeah, that was our, uh, Kim Whitler had some uh, good things to say. She's, of course, in full disclosure, also my colleague at UVA, but she is, uh, I think we had some good uh, coverage in Forbes. Uh, we've had some good uh, interest from a lot of uh, uh, people in the business community as well. So it's been uh, great to see the reception. Uh, we definitely want to see um, this book reach as widely as possible because the purpose was for us to do something which is going to help marketers and um, spreading the word out and getting more people to know about it will definitely uh, be part of the mission of like, you know, spreading the message. And, you know, we love to hear from people who read the books, uh, use the um, uh, canvas and see if there are new examples that we can use or update our canvas. So we're this is a living document. So we are always looking for feedback and uh, stories from people uh, in the field. 
That's great. Is your book officially out? Is it, is it for sale it, now? Yes, it is. So the book is available on Amazon uh, and uh, you can um, AI Marketing Canvas. And we also have a website called AIMCbook.com uh, where we post any updates about the book. And uh, yeah, certainly I uh, would love to hear your thoughts and uh, the reader's thoughts on what they think about the book. Very good. So for folks listening that want to learn more about you, about your book, how can they uh, find you online? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and a lot of Jim and I are very active on LinkedIn and that's where we post a lot of updates as well. So I'd love to uh, connect with the folks on LinkedIn and you can, I mean, you can search my name on LinkedIn and it shows up, but would love to connect. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm reading the book now. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I actually have a small business and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to read through the, the whole thing and learn how I can implement that for, for my business as well. And uh, I appreciate your time and I hope we can have you on the, the podcast again sometime. Certainly. Thank you for having me, Joseph. It's been a pleasure and uh, thank you for the great conversation. Likewise. This episode is brought to you by our affiliate Gemini. Gemini is a well-respected cryptocurrency exchange started by Cameron and Tyler Winkleboss. If you're interested in purchasing Bitcoin, Ethereum, or other altcoins, please check out their website at gemini.sjv.io backslash moontower to learn all about it. Thank you.